there is nothing worse than untapped potential. If you know that you're made for more, this is the place. I know that every successful person I've ever met has one thing in common. They do not let themselves fall victim to their circumstances. They figure out a way to rise above it. So join me on this journey where I help you to be better, do better, and have better in life and in business. If you're feeling stuck and you're needing some practical tools, some hope to get you to that better life, this is definitely a place for you. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Unstuck Podcast. I am your host, Lachelle Weemey, and today we get a chance to talk to the breakthrough queen, Brooke Barnes. You guys, her clients call her that because she helps them break through their stories so quickly, and I can't wait for us to get a chance to know Brooke and all of her amazing wisdom today here inside the Unstuck Podcast. Brooke, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. So tell us a little bit about you. What in the world are you doing out there to make these breakthroughs happen? How are you serving people these days? Um, I help uh, women that have been through childhood trauma, especially like the mother wound. And a lot of people don't know what the mother wound is. And it's it's when your mother's had their own wounds mm-hmm. and they kind of and inherited by mainly by by daughters as well and they then become like have their inner child wounds of of not feeling good enough not feeling worthy not feeling important and not feeling lovable and then they spend a lot of them like kind of going to have careers and spend their time in their careers or have children and give all their love and everything to their children and then when they get to like midlife it's like oh my goodness who am I as they've lost themselves along the way so what I really help people to do is to refine themselves again and find their power that they they lost along the way through you know the childhood trauma and experiences that they had and to like get them to really enjoy the life that they really want to have feeling that they are worthy they are lovable they are important and they are good enough to do whatever they want to do so it sounds to me like you basically help people find kind of the root cause of the reasons why they've kind of been held back or the way that they behave in certain ways because of things that have either, correct me if I'm wrong, happened in their own childhood or perhaps yeah. just ways that they were mothered um, because of their own mom's you know, childhood trauma. Does that sound accurate? Yeah, that's correct. Yes. And yes, it's trauma, go ahead. trauma go ahead. can go back seven, seven generations. So, you know, your mother may be doing things that her mother did to her that her mother did to her without even realizing it so you know even you know well caring parents could have created some sort of trauma so I have a lot of people say oh well I had a great childhood and I feel really guilty talking badly about my parents but this is how I feel but I want to raise that awareness and it's okay to not feel great about it because a trauma is is how you perceive an event and how you think about it it's not necessarily the event so it's it's really think that changing how people perceive things from their childhood and kind of date stamping it in the past so they can go forward feeling great about themselves feeling confident to be Mm -hmm. themselves being seen and being heard and having fun in the process oh my goodness that is so fascinating and one of the things I've been kind of a nerd lately and I've been reading a lot about quantum physics and different energy fields and one of the things that I've learned is that there are different um, energy blockages that can actually be passed down generationally as well and so there are things that are going on that we don't even have any conscious awareness of and then we can kind of compound all of the things that we do have conscious awareness of and it's it's sometimes no wonder that we have these blocks that we aren't even aware of and I also think that it's just really really interesting how you, like you said, you can have a behavior that's learned and then that behavior is learned and that behavior is learned. And we don't even know that 
it's anything different because it's the only thing that you know. And I don't remember this story, but it's it's exactly, but something around the, the terms of like this family was using this certain size bread and they would, have you heard the story? It was like- I, I, Yes, I've actually yeah. heard the story. It's, it's about a roast ham. And I actually talk yes. about a story in, yes. the, in the book I, I wrote. Uh, yeah. Zig Ziglar told the story yes. where, where the wife was cooking a roast ham and she cut the end of it. And her husband said, why every Sunday do you cut the end of the roast ham? Yes. And she said, because my mother always done it. And so he said, oh, I'm going to phone up your mother and find out why. Yeah. And she said, well, I do it because grandma always did it. So they went and asked grandma yeah. and grandma cut the end of the roast ham off because her, her roasting pan was too small. So she had a reason to do it but her, her daughter yes. and her granddaughter just took that on even though their roasting pans were bigger yes. and they didn't need to cut the end of the ham off so what I get my clients to do is to get curious about mm-hmm. what beliefs you're running do they align with you or are they beliefs that you've inherited from your parents or your grandparents or from somebody else and if they don't align with you you can actually change them and when they realize that because if I had you know a pound or a dollar for every time person that says well that's just the way my family are or that's just yeah. the way I am so that's the way it's always going to be you know I'd be a lot richer than I am now so <laughs> it is like you know you, we don't have to stay how we are if we're happy how we are great you know and that's brilliant you know right. enjoy that but if you're not happy and you don't feel in alignment with yourself and you feel like something's missing you feel like something's off you don't feel like you're really connected to yourself then that's when you need to like check in on your, your beliefs and how the trauma has re- reacted with that as well because we can cognitively and logically know that we're completely safe but if we don't deal with the trauma in our bodies our bodies will relive that trauma every yes. day and send a signal off and send a signal to our mind to say no we're not safe we're not doing that and even though we want to and I often get clients come to me and sort of go I want to do this and they're leaning forward but something's stopping me and they physically feel like they're being blocked mm-hmm. and it's because of how the body's reacting so I work a lot somatically with people in their bodies to help them to release that trauma so they can actually enjoy going to do what they want to do that is so fascinating and so amazing and you mentioned your book tell us a little bit about your book yeah um i don't know if you can this is gonna be on audio but this is the book how you can have it how to break through the self-sabotage cycle and it talks all about there's like 12 chapters there's exercises at the end of each chapter that you can work your way through to break through that self-sabotage cycle because I was a huge huge you know self-sabotage a huge people pleaser because I had childhood trauma myself so um it's all the techniques and things that I use to help me break through my self-sabotage cycle you know and be the generation of cycle breakers so it doesn't carry on for the next generation and the next generation so so yeah it's um it's really, really exciting. And that came out last year. So it's been nearly a so year exciting. since I- Yes, we will put the link in the show notes. It's so fascinating. And one of the things that I can relate to is, and I, I love, I love my mom. And so if she's listening to this, like I love her so much. But one of the things that I noticed is that she also lacked some self-confidence and self-worth. And so I also, you know, inherited some of those same tendencies and some of those same belief systems. And my sister and I have talked about this and how, you know, our daughters, like we were really trying to be more consciously aware because we want to make sure that we're breaking that cycle. And there are things that are going on that we don't even have conscious aware of and awareness of it. So I just think that this is such a timely conversation for so many of us who, who really want to, to have a different life. We want to understand ourselves better and understand the ways that we can choose differently and we can choose to just break through the things that have been holding us back. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about your own journey and how did you become so passionate about this topic? 
Uh, I came so passionate because I was a, uh, I did have childhood trauma. I was actually born with a cord wrapped around my neck, so I was actually be born being strangled. So that was quite traumatic as it was, yeah. and it affected you know it affected the whole right side of my my body was not weaker than my left. And doctors told my parents that I would probably never walk, and if I did, I would never run or ride a bike. But I didn't get that memo and I did learn to walk a little bit later than most children, but I did it anyway. Because yeah. I, as a little child, I was very, very determined up to a point. But my mother was also a narcissist. So she, um, when I did le learn to walk and I said to the doctors, I will come back and I will show you how to ride the bike. She absolutely went mad when we got home and said, how dare you show me up in front of the doctors? How dare you say that to the doctors? You know, that, that's so rude. You know, and she really lashed into me verbally and physically. And it was at that point that I kind of was cowering with my hands over my head thinking, I need to stay small to stay safe because, you know, every time I speak out, I'm, I'm in trouble. So I then became a very shy, unconfident little girl that would be scared to say anything for fear of the repercussions of it. Yeah. And this went on all through my childhood. I spent every day being told I was ugly, I was worthless. She often used to say I didn't even have the audacity to be born properly. She wished I'd have died at birth. So I heard this day in and day out all of my life. So my belief system was I wasn't worthy. I wasn't lovable. Who would ever want me? You know, and, and the thing with my medical issue, she said, do not ever tell anybody about your medical issues because nobody will ever love you then. But now looking back, I realize it was her her fears, you know, she was projecting onto me because she didn't want anybody to know about my medical issues because being a narcissist, she wanted that perfect family unit. She, you know, she wanted everybody to look at her family as the perfect family. So um, I then left home at 16 as soon as I could and jumped out the frying pan into the fire, as they say, and ended up in a narcissistic relationship. So um, it took me a while to kind of like twig on. And I suddenly thought, hang on a minute, I'm the common factor here. I need to start working on me. So what I did was I got involved in personal development books and realized that if I started changing how I felt about me, the people around me would start to change. And I um, went on then to have two little boys, which I absolutely loved. And I got pregnant for the third time and, and I bumped into a friend who happened to see me pregnant with my third child. And she said, oh, quite innocently, I bet you'd love to have a little girl this time. And that was a big, huge realization in my life. I suddenly went, oh my goodness, no, because if I have a little girl, what if I had the same relationship with her that I had with my mother and that my mother had with her? Because, you know, it seems to go on through the generations. Right. So I really upped my work on my mindset, still not feeling quite right and realizing, you know, that, that whatever I wanted to do, I wanted my children to have a better life than that, that I had, a better childhood. And thankfully, the story is a nice ending. I ended up having two two more children two girls and they are like 28 and 29 now and they're my best friends they're absolutely amazing but you know I spent years and years and years working on my mindset and doing that feel the fear and do it anyway yeah. absolutely petrified but doing stuff and pushing myself through but then I came across like you know about trauma and how trauma can get stuck in the body mm -hmm. and then once I released that trauma out of my body and healed my inner child wounds my whole life completely changed. I, I've met and fell in love with the most amazing man who's now my husband, and we've got an amazing relationship, you know, and I've created a wonderful life um, now, but it's because I released all that trauma that was in my, and healed my inner child wound. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, I'm so passionate about it because I know what it feels like to be that scared, uh, unconfident little girl. And I now know what it feels like to be confident, to go out and do things in the world. And I talk a lot about my confidence and I'm actually doing a boot camp on the 4th of September, which is called the Confidence Boot Camp. But I don't teach you how to have 100% confidence that things are going to be okay and work out fine. I teach you to have the confidence 
to be okay regardless of what's going to happen in in life and that's where I am now and that's why I'm so passionate because I know both sides of the coin and I know how good it feels to have that inner confidence to know that no matter what happens in my day I'm going to be okay that is amazing there's so much that I can relate to your story even though I don't have you know the same mom you know, that, that had that same with you, but even just the feeling like I need to dilute myself down or water myself down or, or, you know, tone it down a little bit to be accepted and really struggling with my own self-worth and my own self-confidence for years. And really feeling like if I didn't just kind of blend in or be the wallflower, like I wouldn't be accepted. And Mm -hmm. I'm starting, you know, in my own journey, my own personal development journey, have been able to step into this confidence journey and really owning that because I want my daughter to have a different, different perspective. And so it's so fascinating that you had this aha moment when you were pregnant that you started to relate the feelings that you were having to having the childhood trauma. That is that sound right? That that was kind of your big aha moment. Like, huh, I wonder if there's something related there. Yeah. And I really kind of upped on my, on my mindset work, but at the time I didn't understand about trauma. It wasn't until later on, but you know, I, I made sure that I was mentally in this state where I could actually give everything that my children needed and they they have you know become confident um Mm -hmm. adults now they're they're in their late 20s and early 30s and it's really interesting now because I've got eight grandchildren and a few months ago one of my grandsons came running into the room with one sock on and one pair and his pants I'm like oh I said that's a lovely outfit I said um where's your other sock he said I've only got one foot that's cold so I don't need my other sock on (laughs) and it was lovely the fact that his mum allowed him to be you know because a lot of people would have said well no you need to take one sock off or put two on because you know you have to wear a pair of socks or you don't wear any socks but you know she's happy to let them you know explore themselves and be confident to just wear what they want to wear and be who they want to be so I know I broke that generational trauma cycle which is absolutely amazing it's so wonderful to see that is so beautiful okay so tell me a little bit about ways that you see people self-sabotaging themselves because of childhood trauma wounds how you know could you paint a picture for us to say oh my gosh absolutely yeah um if people are running their own business and especially they're online and they want to do a facebook live they will do anything they can but do the Facebook live they'll rearrange their highlighters rearrange their notebooks because it's a fear of being seen because especially midlife women you know we grew up being you know children should be seen and not heard so we're supposed to be sit there and be really quiet and our feelings didn't matter and if we spoke out we were in trouble so then again it's that cognitively people know that they're quite safe to sit in front of a computer or a phone and do a Facebook live but their bodies are going no 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 it's not safe it's not safe so the body tenses up and it and your heart can start pounding, your palms may get sweaty, you know, you might get a dry throat and can't swallow. And it sends a signal to your brain to say there's danger about, even though we sat quite safely in our own homes in front of a computer, but our bodies are reliving that trauma of being a child when they spoke out and they were in trouble. You know, every time my name was called as a child, I was in trouble whether I'd done anything or not. So I can remember like, if I was in a room and somebody called my name across the room, I'd be going... (gasps) Oh, do they look angry? Do they get upset? What did I say to them last time? Hundreds and hundreds of questions would be going through my head by the time they walked over to me. And they right. often would just say, hi, Brooke, how are you? And then I'd go, oh, so I'm safe again. But now if somebody calls my name across the room, I think, oh, somebody wants to talk to me. And that's all I think now. So it's, it's what I love to do is to help people to get rid of all that inner chatter 
and those stories that they're running through their head and to to realize that you know people self-sabotage in all sorts of ways overeating procrastination perfectionism and we have what i call parts come up so when you you want to do something say we'll use a facebook live for example but your body's going no we're not safe we're not safe you will have a procrastination part or a perfectionism part come in saying you know if it's procrastination or no i need to I need to go do the laundry. I need to go do the dishes. Or, you know, if they have a perfectionist part, and we know my hair's not just on point, my makeup's not just sorted out, so I'll do it later. And those protector parts are coming in a bit like a Band-Aid. So if you can imagine you've got like an open wound on your arm, Mm -hmm. the protector parts are like a Band-Aid to stop that that wound being exposed and hurting even more being poked at. Mm -hmm. So every time you have a protector part come up, so if you're procrastinating, you get angry, you get upset, these are all protector parts. And what I do is I get my clients to celebrate that because that tells us where we need to work with them to help them to heal, to get curious as to where that protective part thinks it needs, who it needs to protect, because it's always protecting that inner child. It's not protecting you as an adult, but it's seeing you as that little six-year-old, a five-year-old who wanted to speak up but but couldn't or was scared to do. So it's really helping those people. So you can self-sabotage in all sorts of ways. You know, overeating, perfectionism, procrastination are like three of the main ones that people tend to do. Yeah. You know, oh, well, I'll do it later. Or, yeah, I'll do it when my hair sorted out. Or, you know, I'm just going to go get something to eat first. I'm suddenly really hungry, you know. But that's emotional eating. And that's another way to protect us from... And our bodies do an amazing job of protecting us mm-hmm. from, from, from harm because our, our mind's main thing is to keep us safe and and. and keep us alive so it will do anything it can to keep us safe and what whenever it perceives danger Mm -hmm. even if there's no actual danger there it's how we perceive it Mm -hmm. that's when our bodies react and it will send a signal to our minds to say no we're not doing that and that's when I explain that to my clients like, oh that makes so much sense now I can understand why I'm not doing it because I want to do it my mind's saying yes I want to do it but there's something just stopping me and that's what stops people well, that's so fascinating. And I know that, you know, many of our subconscious belief systems are formed before we're even seven years old. So before we have yeah. context to be able to say, yep, that doesn't seem right. We just take on and only can accept things that happen to us. And it's stored in our subconscious brain. And our subconscious brain is the autopilot of our body, which tells our body, you know, what to do, makes our heart beat. It makes our, you know, neurotransmitters going where they need to go. And so that makes so much sense that somebody has a desire to do something and their logical brain says, I don't know why I'm so nervous about this. I'm just sitting in my living room in front of the computer. I want to do this. My, my logical brain says, why don't I just do this? But our body starts to react in a way that that's what you're saying is that there's, that's a clue that there's something going on that's allowing for our body to react in a certain way automatically because of some kind of trigger belief system inside of our subconscious right yeah it's that that trauma stored in the body so it's like realizing that you can you can do all the mindset work you like and say yes yes i'm going to do this facebook Mm -hmm. i'm going to do this up until the point you go to do it and if your body reacts in a way Mm -hmm. and you suddenly like tense up Right. It's like your body's like, okay, where's the danger? Where, your mind's going, where's the danger? And it's like, okay, stop doing that because that's going to be dangerous. It doesn't even doesn't matter what it is. If you react in your body, it will t- send a signal to your subconscious mind to say, we're not safe, so don't do that. Even yeah. if we know logically we are perfectly yeah. safe, 
So you're saying too, that our body just reacts it because some of that energy is stored inside of our bodies. So if yeah. our body reacts to it, then it's, it's also like a reinforcement to our subconscious yeah. saying like, we're not safe. So it's like this cycle that's going on in the background and we don't even yeah. realize it, which is why it's so important for us to be able to recognize those core wounds so that yeah. we can address them. And we can, you know, cause oftentimes I think too, that we shame ourselves into thinking, why am I not stronger? Like, I know I want to do this. Why am I not doing it? And then that just, you know, makes that cycle go down even further because now we're shaming ourselves for it. And so yeah. I think just recognizing that and having some grace with that. So tell me a little bit about um, what are some of the common wounds that you see people have that are carrying with them? Because yours was very, you know, dramatic, right? Like you were, you know, emotionally and verbally abused as a child and, sometimes people will listen and be like, yeah, just like you said, I had a, a great childhood. What are some of the, the core wounds that you have seen with the people that you work so that, you know, we as listeners can say, okay, well, there's nothing wrong with me. Like, this is just how I perceived this, or yes, this is exactly what yeah. I've got a classic example. I had a lady come to me with, with a, a real big money block and she said, I can't work out because my parents were really lovely and they taught me everything they could about money. Yes. I said, well, tell me the story of how they taught you about money. And what they did was when she was a little girl, when she did little odd jobs around the house, they used to give her pennies. But she, when we did, dug deep, she perceived that as I'm only worth pennies. So that inner core wound was I'm not worthy of anything because I'm only worth pennies. And that stopped her actually going out and earning the money she wanted to earn. Or she did earn money. She got rid of it very quickly because it didn't feel right to her. Because her inner core wound was, I'm only worth pennies. So if I've got anything more than pennies, that's not me. So when we sort of like worked on that and, and worked that out, she then went on to, to earn the money she wanted to earn. And it's often, and I love to raise the awareness about trauma because people think, oh, trauma is like having a childhood like mine or right. you know, being in a major car crash or, you know, going off to war and fighting. But trauma can be a sentence that's said by a teacher at school. And in my book, I talk about one of my clients that thought she was useless at maths because when she was seven, a mass teacher said she was useless and, and threw the eraser at her in the class, embarrassed her. So because she was, you know, only just seven, and like you said, we haven't got that critical faculty to reason, mm -hmm. she just thought, well, that's true. She didn't think, well, maybe the, the teacher had an argument with their partner before they come to work or they're having a bad day or whatever. She just took it on as her truth. And it's like what you, you take on and perceive as your danger and as your truth doesn't always actually mean the truth as it it was you know if you actually sort of said you know if people come to me and say you know my mother or my father did that I said well if you actually spoke to your mum and dad about what they did mm -hmm. how do you think they would, would say this well they're probably devastated because they wouldn't have wanted that to have happened to me but right. it's how we perceive it you could be bullied at school you know a child could say something to you at school you may feel a bit low and go to school and a child may say something and it's how you perceive what they say. Yes. It's not the event that causes the trauma. It's how you perceive it and how you think about it that creates a belief about what's actually happened. And that's why two people can have a car accident, mm -hmm. but, but walk away from it uninjured. One could have PTSD and one could, could be absolutely fine. Because the example I like to use is, if you imagine your life is like a swimming pool, mm -hmm. and every time you have a trauma, a beach pool, a goes in it you know some big some small so you know depending on what life you've had some people have got you know a beach ball full a pool full of beach balls and other people have got one or two mm -hmm. so if both you know if you have both those people in a car accident the person that's only got one or two beach balls will be able to walk away and not think about it 
the person that's got lots of beach balls in their pool will be walking away from that accident thinking oh my goodness I, I, I could have died and carried on and, and ended up with PTSD and never wanting to get in a car again so it's really is is how we think about things and that's what I get my clients to do to get curious about what happened and look at it from the adult point of view you know and, and look at the inner child and find out what the inner child wants and how the inner child needs help to heal from their wounds because and the four main wounds are I don't feel good enough I don't feel lovable I don't feel worthy or I don't feel important and these like I said can come from all different places from mm-hmm. teachers from parents from grandparents mm-hmm. from uncles or aunties you know I've, I've known people to have weight issues from, from like an uh, relatives saying oh hi, hi chubby how you doing it's like right. oh my goodness you know I, I must stop eating because I'm fat because my right. uncle or my auntie you know, you know but they just said it you know as, as a term of endearment right you know or you know something like that you know it's not always meant but it's how the person perceives it that makes makes it into right. that trauma right. so this is so fascinating and honestly I could talk to you all day and I know that your work is you know so important. You have books out there or a book out there that we can read. And and there's a reason that your clients work with you in a process, but what would you say would be an easy place for those of us that are listening to just start to discover what, or if we have core wounds that have to be addressed, is there anything that we can do just to start thinking about or paying attention to today? Yeah. If, if, like I said, if you want to go and do something, and you feel like something's stopping you, check in with what feeling is coming up. So are you procrastinating? Are you getting frustrated with yourself? Are you getting angry with yourself? Mm -hmm. And if you are, get curious as to where that emotion's come from. Where where is it when you last got really angry about that? Where did that all start from? So go back and find out where it starts from. Because, you know, you could have been a child, for instance, who was, was really, like, loved to celebrate things. And I can remember a little boy in my classroom who was, always like saying yeah I did this yeah I achieved that and the teacher used to say to him sit down and stop showing off sit down and stop showing off and over time he went quieter and quieter and then he became very very shy because every time he celebrated or said something that he did because that teacher saw him as a show-off and was he was called a show-off he stopped doing that you know and it's it really really sad if you think about it so it's like it's think about if you if you've got anything that comes up that is um like anger, frustration, procrastination, perfectionism, overeating, you feel self-sabotaging, that is showing you that you've got a core wound that needs healing and needs some help because it's it's coming up to protect you, to stop you from doing something so it doesn't hurt that core wound even more because if you went to do that, it would feel like somebody's poking a hole in an actual wound, which would hurt and make it bleed. And your body doesn't want that to happen because our bodies are amazing at protecting us. Mm -hmm. So it's really sort of getting to know yourself and being aware of what's coming up. So, so if we use it, the Facebook live example um, for a moment. So if you say, well, I want to do a Facebook live because I want to help my business or I I want to promote somebody else, or I just want to to talk more or whatever reason. And you think, Oh, I can't. Oh no, my hair's not right today. It's like you know, or I don't know what to say, and and who's going to believe me anyway? You know, mm-hmm. you know. And one of the classics is, what will people think of me yes. if I do that? Yes. So if people had that thought come up in their head, it's like it's check in with those thoughts because you know, often we're told to like just push them thoughts away and, and not worry about them and get on with it. But actually, right. get curious about those thoughts, mm-hmm. answer those thoughts as well. It's like have that conversation because those thoughts that are coming up is your body's way of saying 
Uh, just to let you know, last time we did something like this, we got into a big lot of trouble because we were feeling like that. Our bodies are feeling like that little six, seven-year-old child. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like tapping on the shoulder saying, oh, you know, maybe we shouldn't do that. So it's like getting curious and saying, actually, now I'm I'm a whatever age adult and I'm okay and I'm going to be able to do this. So it, it's really about raising the awareness of how you feel about yourself mm-hmm. and getting curious to where it comes from. Mm-hmm. Look back to see how your mother acted, how your grandmother acted, because they, they may be loving, kind parents like your mother was. But because she didn't have confidence, mm-hmm. you would have picked that up mm-hmm. without realizing it. Mm-hmm. She wouldn't have verbalized that, but you right. would have picked that up. And, mm-hmm. you know, she probably picked that up from her grandmother who picked it up from her mother. You know, and mm-hmm. it goes back generation after generation. Right. And it's, and it's, but it's now I encourage my people to really get curious about what they believe and mm-hmm. does it serve them now? Is it serving them or is it holding them back? If it's serving you and helping you, great, carry on. But if a belief is holding you back, get curious as to whose belief it is because it's it's not going to be your belief. You'll have inherited it from somebody else. You can give that belief back to somebody and then have your own belief. You can change your belief completely about how you feel about yourself. Right. And, you know, one of the things that I've been able to do over time in my own self you know, development is I've identified two of those incidences in my life. And so when, when you say that, okay, I recognize that I'm have a block here and you go back and you try to think about the earliest time that you remember feeling that emotion. Is that kind of what you were saying? Yeah. Okay. So let's just say, I'll just tell you guys that if you guys have been listening to the Untuck podcast for a while, you probably heard both of these stories, but, um, one of my core wounds that I recognized was when I was really little, I was the oldest of three kids. My mom got married when she was 20, had me when she was 21, three kids by the time she was 25. And I remember feeling like I wanted her attention and being a bother to her because she was a overwhelmed young 25 year old with three young kids in the middle of nowhere on a farm. So like as an adult, I know that she was doing the best she could and goodness sake, she was probably just having a really bad day. But my little heart said, I, I, I'm a bother to you. Right. Mm. And so, um, another, you know, and so I know like as an adult, like she did the best she could, like, and, and she would feel terrible if she knew that that was something that I was carrying with me. And so what you're saying is that we can start to look at it from a different perspective and start having different memories around it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like looking back to, to and talking to your inner, inner child. So mm-hmm. like talking to yourself as that five-year-old, six-year-old and saying, you know, what is it you need right now? And you can, as the adult can then reparent that child and give that child what they need to, to help you to heal. And that's how I help my my clients, I go into it a lot more detail, obviously, with my, my clients, yeah, but yeah. that, you know, it's it's just really getting to know that inner child rather than being scared of it and thinking, oh, well, I'll just leave that part there because, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm surviving as I yeah. am. And I spent a lot of my life saying I'm surviving. I'm, I'm not going to have therapy. I'm not going to have any coaching because I'm surviving. But it got to a point where I wanted to thrive. So I then invested in coaches and therapists mm-hmm. to actually help me Wait. to deal with all this. Yeah. And though the other example that I have in this is, you know, slightly different in the way that when I was fifth grade, I was not invited to my best friend's birthday party. And I didn't find out till later that she had a birthday party and that they had accidentally actually called me from the landline and from all the different phones in the house and, and basically were trying to trick me and telling her to ask me what I think of certain people while they all listened. And you know, what's interesting about it. So that was a very early on thing where like, I, I'm not good enough. 
Mm -hmm. I'm not accepted. I'm different. All those things. Right. But what's fascinating is that when I look back at that, I actually start to wonder how accurate was that memory? And I think that sometimes when we have a memory and we keep playing it in my head, you know, it might even, that might even not be an accurate memory. It might be parts of it, but I perceived it in one way. And so I think that that's really powerful too, is to recognize that if I were to ask her about that now, maybe she wouldn't even remember it, or maybe she would remember it differently. So what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, exactly. It's how we perceive things, you know, because like, you know, I said the example of, of my client with the math teacher. Now, if we go back and say to the math teacher, you know, do, do you think that this child is no good at math? He would say, no, absolutely not. You know, she was great at math, you know, but it was how she perceived it and how she saw it because he was just having a bad day and he blurted out something and she took it one way. It's exactly like the client whose parents were paying her pennies. They're thinking she, they were teaching the value of money, but she perceived it as I'm only worth pennies. Right. Right. So it is it's how we perceive things, you know, things can happen a bit. You know, two people can be in the same room experiencing the same thing and tell two completely different stories because of it depends on how they see things through their view of the world how they've filtered it yeah so it, it, it is all about how we perceive it and that's how we can change our perception of things and how mm -hmm. we feel about things and date stamp them back into the past where they belong mm -hmm. so we can move forward into the future yeah so if you were to parent that fifth grader right so um how would you reframe that so that I could essentially see it differently like I'm just curious with this example just to give people an yeah. idea what it is yeah absolutely yeah so it's like it's it's going back to how you felt about it and, and then thinking okay what do you think was was happening with that little girl for her to feel that she needed to do that as well you know because she would have had inner child wounds as well that she was trying to deal with of not feeling good enough so maybe she was doing that to make herself feel better in front of all the other children mm -hmm. so it's it's understanding that and getting curious about other people because when people say things you know if people are angry and they're upset yeah it's never at you personally you're not they're not heading towards you it's just they're projecting out how they feel about themselves and one of the things I always say to people is you know and I've, I've done this on stage and I've talked on stage and said I'm going to tell you all something that none of you are going to believe now and they're all like oh that's interesting you know how could you and I said yeah I, I would put money on that you know and they're like yeah. oh that's interesting yeah and that, then I will go ahead and say okay you are a purple alien okay now I've got that 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 face everybody gives it that you just yeah. give me and you'll probably think okay where's Brooke going with this <laughs> okay you've put that straight back onto me thinking where where's Brooke going with this mm -hmm. because your belief system is that you are not a purple alien so it didn't phase you at all you just thought okay where's Brooke going with this right but now if I said to you actually you know you, you don't look very confident today. I can see, I can see that you didn't have that confidence as a child. Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, okay, and you're nodding, yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. agree, because that's a belief that you've got. So you took that inwards, right? Yeah. So it's understanding your belief system, and and you know when I say about the purple alien, you bounce it straight back at me as if to say, well, where you didn't even think one minute, yeah. millisecond that you were yeah. a purple alien. Right. You were just yeah. curious as to where I was going. Right. But when I said something that you you did believe, you were like, yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know. So and it's and it's a really good way to to gauge your own belief system about yourself. So when that happened with with you as a fifth grader, like your belief was that you wasn't good enough, so you brought into that story instantly mm -hmm. that you know she was right it's actually thinking about how your um your um 
friend was acting at the time and why she was acting like that so it's it's you know picking it all to pieces mm-hmm. and recreating a different story about it yeah you know, there's the same memory but just recreating a different yeah. story completely about yeah. it so if you go back and ask her she probably would say yes it did happen like that but I wasn't feeling great about myself and I just wanted to feel better about myself and I'm really sorry that that happened yeah you know because you know we all have these inner child wounds and when right. we're triggered um they we we react from our fight or flights um or freeze rather than actually from our from our sort of logical brain so we act completely differently yes that is that is so fascinating you are so brilliant and all of the things that you're doing and i'm i'm going to be the guinea pig guys because i want you all to have the healing i want you all to have the 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 courage to feel the fear and do it anyway and to be willing to face this stuff so that you can stop sabotaging your own future Mm. when you don't even realize that you're doing it. And one of the things that, that you mentioned early on in our conversation was your own children. And I just have to ask this question because I'm sure that my audience is going to want to know this too. As a parent, we're going to mess up on a daily, right? Absolutely. And so you know, how do I, as a parent, not overthink every single thing that I'm doing, but being aware of it. Like I think about my kids and I do, you know, pay them for special chores. There's certain chores that they just do as part of the family. And then there's certain chores. And I, and I know that my son does try to negotiate with me like, mom, you know, I think this job is worth this. And I really do want him to feel confident enough to negotiate his worth. But I also, you know, there are times where I'm like, okay, but I just don't think that that, you know, was, was, um, what I'm willing to pay for this, but we can have another, I don't even know. So now I'm like, I don't want to screw it up. There's my perfectionism yeah. coming in. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, you know, what would you tell us parents that are really just wanting to do the best we can um, with, with the beautiful little children that we're trying to raise? First of all, accept that if you're going to be a parent, you're going to mess it up. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> it's like, and then you can breathe a sigh of relief. But it's also communicating with your children and letting them know when you're upset, when you're angry. It's, it's letting them know it's okay to let those emotions out because the reason trauma happens and why I'm working with the women I do mm-hmm. is because they suppress all those emotions. Because as children, we weren't allowed to let them out because you know our mothers, you know, would have had an inner core wound of not right. feeling good enough. And if we had a tantrum in the shop, what would everybody else think about my parenting skills? You know, from right. your mother's side. So, and it's you know we're we're brought up to like you know put everybody else first. You know, mm-hmm. and how many mothers do you hear that? Oh, I really wanted to burst out crying, but the children are about, so I waited until they went to bed let them see that you're upset let them see that you've got emotions and let them know that it's okay for them to be upset because if you don't cry in front of them and if you don't show your emotions they won't either like we said before you were watching what your mother was doing and took things on unconsciously right. your children not just you but you know children in general take yeah. that on as well Absolutely. they will not they won't won't cry you know, if they're upset because you know mum didn't cry when she was upset so I, I shouldn't cry when I'm upset you know mum didn't get angry you know even if we're yeah. seething underneath and we're, we're trying to be really calm for the sake of the children right it's okay to like you know show that you're angry and tell them and tell them why you're angry tell them why you're upset mm-hmm. so you, so you communicate with them yeah. so you don't scare them you know right. suddenly just go ah into a rage but actually say that I'm really angry because I'm having a bad day I've got a headache I've got some or whatever it is you know right let right. them let them know what's going on because children will pick it up anyway right. so if you communicate with them they will feel safe and secure so yeah. they won't end up with those inner child wounds of not feeling good enough or not feeling worthy because mum's acting really strange but we don't know why because yeah. they will pick up that you're not feeling great 
Right. If you're not communicating and showing your emotions, they will they will interpret and perceive their own ideas. Right. Yes. And they have their own stories about what's going on and they make up their own belief systems based on the things that they're trying to put the puzzle pieces together. So fascinating. Brooke, is there anything that we haven't had a chance to talk about that you really, really wanted to mention before we wrap up our conversation? Uh, only that I've got a boot camp on the on the 4th of September, which I'm really excited about. It's helping people to build their confidence. It's a five-day boot camp, which is absolutely free online. So if anybody wants to join it, um, you've got the links to, to pop underneath the podcast. So feel free to come along, you know, and join in. And, you you know, if you're not feeling too confident, you don't have – it's on Zoom, but you don't have to have your camera on, so you're completely safe. I am a trauma-informed coach, so I understand that, you know, it may trigger you off to have the camera on and stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, it it's – my wish for every woman to feel great about themselves, to be confident, to be themselves. So, you know, and a lot of women come to me and say, well, I don't know who I am. And I get that because I used to see these posts saying, be the authentic you, be your true you. And I can remember looking at the screen thinking, I would if I knew who that was. (laughs) But it's like when you get those protector parts coming up, that's when you're not coming from your true self. So when you come from your true self, you're calm, you're courageous, you're connected, you're curious. So it's like thinking about when you feel really calm and at peace, that's when you're coming from who you really are. When all these other parts are coming in, like procrastination, anger, sadness, um, perfectionism, overeating, self-sabotage, that's when you've got your inner wounds triggering off in your body. So it's it's letting you know that you're not coming from your true self. So if anybody would like to reach out to me, um, I think I put my email on there. It's brooke at brookebounds.com. Feel free to send me an email. And I do offer a 30-minute um, free consultation as well to have a chat with people as well. And we can do a lot of work in 30 minutes. Oh, my goodness. So. I love that. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. You guys, if you haven't already, make sure that you're taking a screenshot, posting this on your stories, sharing this episode out on your social media. Let people know about this, especially the people that need to hear this. If you haven't already, make sure that you leave a leave a Re, uh, review or comment just so that we get a chance to hear from you and Brooke gets a chance to know what the impact that she's making in your lives. We are so excited that you're here. And remember that one of the things that we do always in the Unstuck podcast is I ask a question to the guest to allow for you to be thinking about something as you part. So Brooke, I would love for you to propose a question to the audience that they can think about that's going to help them get from where they are to where they want to be. Okay, so the question I often ask my clients is, who do you really want to be? What do you really want to do? And a lot of my clients are, oh, I don't know. So if you're really stuck on that, write down all the things that you don't want to do and then flip them to see what you do want to do. Because when you start discovering what you want to do, it's amazing what things will come off. So it's like, who is the real you? Who do you want to be? That lovely, calm person, you know, that hasn't got all those parts popping up all the time. So really think about what you want for your life, putting yourself first, because when you put yourself first, you then pull from an empty cup so you can give so much more. You know, yeah. I want to reverse the, the psychology of like it's selfish to put myself first because we're all brought up with that sort of feeling. So, right. so who are you? You know, really like delve into that and get curious. Oh my and feel gosh, free to I... let me know. I love that so much. You guys, I hope that you enjoyed this as much as I did. Brooke, thank you so much. And you guys, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Bye, everybody. Thank you for having me. Bye. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Untucked Podcast. I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. And don't forget to check out the show notes if you want to get into my private club, The Better Club, to be able to learn better ways to be better, do better, and have better. So until next time, keep showing up. Let's get unstuck together. Have a great day.